Williams wide left, Crabtree slot left. Gore goes slot right. Empty backfield. Shotgun Smith. Saints bring extra man. Alex going to boot to his left and run. He's going to run it 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Do you believe it? The play of dreams. Welcome to the Fourth and Gold Podcast. This is episode nine. Um, I am Javier. Back with Matt. We are going to be reviewing this weekend's draft. Um, you can catch the Fourth and Gold Podcast on all podcast platforms: Apple, iTunes, um, Spotify, wherever podcasts are found. Uh, Matt, what's going on? How you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. I, I like the overall draft. I had a lot of fun this weekend. It's been a big weekend. Um, yeah. For Forty Nine Sub, we did the live stream on Thursday. And then uh, last couple of days, I had to go to work and adult a little bit uh, yesterday, but I did get a chance to watch most of the draft. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It's a good year. Now I have the Avengers tonight, and I have Game of Thrones tonight. So I am just mentally prepared to just be beat to <laughs> hell by all these gut shots. So, so sticking with the last two weeks of uh, Game of Thrones betting lines, three and a half is still the line for me. I'm going to take the over, Whoa. slightly over. I'm moving four. the line. I'm moving the line here. I think there's going to be a shitload of people that die tonight. I'm moving the line to seven and a half. Seven and a half. And I'm still taking the I'm over. Gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the three, oh, three and a half line and take the over about four. They've just um, been, it's been all sunshine and rainbows <laughs> in Westeros. So, you know, it's, something's got to happen. Something's got to happen. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Game of Thrones tonight, episode three, and then Avengers. I haven't seen it yet. Don't have a sitter, but I've I know what happened, so I won't say anything about it. But um, the draft was this weekend. Uh, a couple things: the Niners they did they did what we thought they would do. Um, let's talk about a few things. Best value in the draft. I had a, a thought on the best value in the draft. I think the Jags nailed it with their first two picks by getting Josh Allen and Juwan Taylor. Um, Josh Allen just falls into their laps because the Giants decide to do something really stupid. And then Juwan Taylor falls because of some knee concerns. But they still they address two, two positions of need um, or just best player available, to be honest with you, with those two picks. I like the Josh Allen thing, which also might mean Telvin Smith is out the door in the draft or in a trade of some sort. So that's, that's pretty interesting going on in Jacksonville. Yeah, um, another team I thought did kind of the same thing with their first two picks is Buffalo. Uh, you know, they got Ed Oliver at nine, who just, I mean, mm-hmm. I had, I know you're not as high on Ed Oliver as I am, um, but I had Ed Oliver in the tier with Quinn Williams and Nick Bosa as the best defensive players in the draft. And then second round, they, they, they traded up, they jumped up to get Cody Ford, who again, was another first round talent and they're just bolstering on both sides of the trenches. And I really like that move. Going back to what you were saying about Jacksonville, I thought Taylor was the pick at seven until mm-hmm. Josh Allen fell. So, <laughs> you know. That's awesome value for them to get that to get Taylor in the second round and really try and protect Nick Foles because uh, they yeah. they need to do that. You keep Nick up upright and he, he's going to do some damage. He'll make some plays. Um, it's just a matter of his receiving core. Uh, that's that's the question mark in Jacksonville to me. Um, the and then to counter that the overdraft the the overdraft of the draft was Daniel Jones. The Giants taking a guy who 
would have been there at 17, may have been there in round two. Um, I don't I don't know what they saw in Daniel Jones. I didn't see anything that I particularly liked. Um, I get it, the Cutcliffe connection to the Mannings, but you know, at, at, at one point or another, you have to kind of take away those relationships and look at the best player uh, available if you're looking at quarterback, and that was Dwayne Haskins. And there was no reason for him to fall all the way to 15. If Dwayne Haskins had the numbers that Daniel Jones had, we wouldn't be having this discussion. You know, I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not in on the Daniel Jones thing. I think the Giants completely messed up their whole draft. You let Odell Beckham go for basically nothing, and you draft a quarterback who may sit a year, may sit two years, and he may not even be the guy. So I, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, my favorite part about that is Gettleman doing the press conference afterwards, and he was <sighs> he was telling everybody that he Daniel Jones was not going to be there at 17. And <laughs> it's almost like he's trying to convince himself that the lie is true. Be, no one was fucking taking Daniel Jones in the top 16. Nobody. Nobody. Uh, Haskins falling to Washington, um, perfect falling spot for him. Uh, just to touch on that real fast. Just because yeah. his pro comp is Alex Smith. Well, there you go. Alex Smith was the quarterback last year. I think I think Haskins going to Jay Gruden is actually a good spot. The offensive line isn't bad. They did a good job to bolster him with some weapons around him. But, yeah, Daniel Jones is the good. biggest head scratcher. I mean, we'll get into one of the 49ers head scratchers of their own uh, in a little bit, but – Daniel Jones going sixth <laughs> overall is just absurd. I, I, yeah. Everybody on on the on the hubcast when we were doing the the live stream, we were all like, "All right, it's Haskins. All right, cool. Let's move on. Let's move on with life." Just like you knew the first pick was going to be Kyler Murray. Just like you knew the second pick was going to be Nick Bosa. Everybody's just sitting there going, "All right, Haskins at six. Let's move on with our lives." And then it's mm-hmm. Daniel Jones, and everybody lost their minds. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't know. I feel bad for Giants fans. It's. Uh, it may be, you know, who knows? You know, we, we don't know. But, you know, in a couple of years, he may, you know, he may be a really good quarterback. But if he's not, that's a really, really big miss, and that could set your franchise back a long time. Um, and the Giants are in a, in a division with Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, and now Dwayne Haskins. And you have Eli Manning and Daniel Jones. I, I don't know what they're what they're doing. Um they're squandering you know, Saquon Barkley's best years, is what they're doing. Oh, uh, they're gonna run him into the ground. They're gonna mm-hmm. run him into the ground. He's gonna he's gonna end up taking you know three hundred carries every year, and he's just gonna get beat to shit. And he's not gonna be the player they need him to be once they do finally get good. And that, yeah, that's a shame. Wasting. That's a shame that they're gonna completely waste uh, the prime of his career because you know running backs prime of their careers generally years two through four. So. Yeah. After the rookie season, they got a feel for the league. Once they start to get get into a groove, that's when they do it. But then they take too many carries and they kind of like drop off a cliff. I hope that yeah, doesn't happen with Barkley. I love Barkley. I think he's I think he's an electric player. I think he's fun to watch. But the Giants aren't doing him any favors, and I feel bad for the kid. Yeah, it's um, as a Penn State fan watching Saquon having to deal with that. That's that's not fun to watch. Um, but you know the, the Giants are doing what they're doing. Uh, we had a we discussed it on best draft, worst draft. I think the best draft goes to the Colts. I think the Colts are super patient. They got the guys that they wanted at great value. Their first four picks, Rakyasin, the corner out of Temple, the edge player from TCU, Ben Bonogu. Uh, I hope I pronounced that correctly. He had a really good 40. He showed really well on tape. He's got a good bend. They're adding pressure um, or defensive pass rush on that defense and adding a solid corner. 
Uh, Paris Campbell, you know, you got another speed guy to go with T.Y. Hilton. And then Bobby Okariki from Stanford. He's basically, um, he's, he's just another linebacker just like the one they currently have. On the team, his name escapes me. Darius Leonard, excuse me. Yep. So you know you have you have matching types of linebackers there. Um, I think I think the Colts knocked it out of the park with this draft, um, taking two safeties um, and just addressing their their needs on that team and a draft you know addressing what they wanted there. So I liked everything that they did. Um, the Colts the Colts should be you know they won ten games. There was no need for them to really, really reach the roster. Was better than they expected, and that's the matter of having a good quarterback back there, mm-hmm. um, which we can get into later about the Niners. But um, the, having a quarterback in place matters. It helps elevate all the other talent around you. You know, Eric Ebron goes there and goes ape shit all season, so that 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 matters. So I, I like what the Colts did. I think they had the best draft of the day, of the weekend. Yeah, I I'm a, a big fan of Buffalo's draft. Um, I know I've already talked about Ed Oliver and Cody Ford just kind of fall into him, or in Ford's case, they traded back up to get their guy, and they traded up. They jumped up in front of Seattle, which I thought was super smart to do. Um, mm-hmm. Now it is to keep a quality player out of Seattle's hands, but it shows that the the Buffalo front office recognizes trends and and who was going to be picked and in order to jump. I think they only jumped like four or five spots, but four or five spots are all the difference when you're trying to get your guy. Um, after that, yeah. you know, I like Devin Singletary, the running back. I like Dawson Knox as a tight end, and he's not much of a blocker, but he's a weapon for for Josh Allen quarterback. Um, Vosan Joseph, stud special teams player coming in. Needs to learn mm-hmm. how to wrap up a little bit, but he's an insane athlete. I like that pick. Then you just got safety, defensive end, and tight, another tight end to round it out. Nobody's super much to write home about, but those first two picks are just so strong. And... You know, Ed Oliver will come in and immediately replace Kyle Williams as three tech, who just retired after an awesome career. And then we're looking at Cody Ford being able to protect Josh Allen, Dawson Knox, pass catcher. I love what they did in free agency too. I think Buffalo could be one of the surprise teams this year. I don't think they're <laughs> yeah, gonna they should... I don't think they're gonna unseat the Patriots, but if they are nine and seven, eight and eight, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I like Josh Allen a quarterback. I know I'm in a minority on that one. I think he's a gamer. I think he's a tough dude. Um, and my favorite thing that the Bills did was the Devin Singletary pick because LaShawn McCoy on Thursday wants to go out and send out Avengers spoiler tweets and ruin it for everybody. So they just drafted his replacement. They said, fuck this guy. Get him off the roster. He ruined the Avengers for everybody. We're going to draft his replacement. Um, but no, I actually don't see Shady McCoy on this team um, come come the start of the regular season. I do think he will be cut and or traded. I think they brought in Frank Gore. They'll keep him because he's the ageless wonder. And they just signed TJ Yeldon. So I think uh, yeah, they, I think they got gonna, some competition. I think they're going to roll without McCoy this year. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up. That'll be, that'll be a story. Um, and then to cover the worst draft, I think the Texans had the worst weekend. Um, the Eagles jumped them. For Andre Dillard, and then they, I think they panicked and took Titus Howard at as offensive tackle from Alabama State. He had a decent Senior Bowl. Um, he did struggle against you know some guys like Montez Sweat. Even Jalen Ferguson gave him a little bit of a, of a run. Um, and then taking Lonnie Johnson at pick fifty four, I think that's a that's also a reach. Um, Lonnie's tape was pretty bad. Um, his, his combine was wasn't wasn't the greatest either. Um, and then Max Sharpering from Northern Illinois, the other tackle. I know they're trying to protect um, Deshaun Watson, 
but it's similar to what the Raiders did last year by taking two offensive tackles and both of them stunk, and Derek Carr got beat up pretty bad. I just don't want to see that from Deshaun Watson. Um, I think their best pick was the Charles Amenehu pick at pick, you know, pick 161 round five. Mm-hmm. That is a guy that they can, you know, they can rotate in with um, Clowney and Watt or move him around the defensive line. I like I like that pick, but everything else on that draft was pretty. Um, it leaves you wanting more. You know, they they there was opportunity for them to either trade back or or make some other moves there, and they, they didn't do it. Um, so the Texans, hopefully, Deshaun Watson can hide the um, hide those picks with his with his play. Yeah, I'm gonna ding um, the two teams that had three first round picks, and that's the Giants and the Raiders. I mean, we've already covered Daniel Jones. 17, Dexter Lawrence, the defensive tackle didn't make any sense because he's just a run stuffer. And I, I know they got rid of Snacks Harrison last year and a dumb trade with the Lions. But you don't draft a run stuffer at 17. And then DeAndre Baker at 30. He's a nice player. He's a nice corner. But, I mean, I believe he was the first corner off the board, correct? Yeah, I had I, I like the Baker pick. I don't think he – I think you could have waited till 35. I don't think they needed to trade back in to get him. But, yeah. yeah. And then uh, the Raiders, I mean, their first three picks. I like Clellan Farrell. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a good mm-hmm. player. I think he would have been available way after four. Um, Josh Jacobs, solid running back. I don't value running backs. I would never draft one in the first round. I think that's just a waste of a pick, and it would always be mm-hmm. a waste of a pick to me. Um, and then, oh, geez, I'm drawing a blank. Who was their third, fourth, their third first-round pick? Uh, the third of first round pick. Um, so they Clinton Farrell, Josh Jacobs, and then the other was let's see here. I have it. Uh, AFC West. Oh, Jonathan Abram. That's right. Safety. Yeah. Okay. I like the Abrams pick. I, I like Abram too. I I don't know if he needed to be there at twenty. I don't know. I don't think he needed to be taken at twenty seven. I understand, you know, go get your guys, and we're going to – once you jump on the 49ers stuff, we're going to jump into that a little bit too. Uh, go get your guys. I don't know. Abram, he just – he's a hard hitter, I see, but I don't think he has the 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 skill to do it at a, at a high level. I don't. I don't see it. Yeah, I think I'm – not, I'm not as low on the Raiders draft as some. I like the Farrell pick. I don't think – obviously, you could have got him later. Josh Jacobs pick, um, everything I've heard, he's basically Frank or 2.0. And then the Abrams pick, um, you know, yes, you could have waited or could took somebody else. But the thing is, I think they're trying to change their culture there. Similar to what the Niners did, they take high character guys, except for the Ruben Foster thing. Um, and you, you go and try to fix that locker room. So Cleveland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, Abrams, those guys are all leaders according to, you know, their college coaches and so forth. Um, I, I, I see what they're doing. Yes, they didn't get great value for those picks. Um, you know, when you really look at it, getting trading Khalil Mack for Josh Jacobs, essentially, and Amari Cooper for Jonathan Abrams is really what they did there. So, mm-hmm. Or vice versa, no matter how those picks. If you look at it that way, then it's like it's a terrible draft. Um, but for, for the value, I think Abrams might have been the best value there. Um, but the other two were guys you could have got later on. But... It's the Raiders. We'll see what they do. Um, John Gruden and, and Mike Mayock, they, they may have a plan in place. I think their best pick 
was that Isaiah Johnson and Foster Moreau. I, th- I like those two picks later on in round four. I think those were great value picks there. Yeah, um, I think they, I think they started to get it together. I even like Mason, um, excuse me, Mason Crosby, Max Crosby in the fourth round. Yeah. So, um, so I think they started to get together after the first round. I just think they kind of stumbled out of the gate before they yeah. really hit their stride. So that's what I'm digging them on. I'm digging on the fact that you got – if the 49ers ever have three first-round picks, <laughs> I need three home runs. I need three guys that are – just no shit home runs and i don't think they got that um with with their three picks and i know yeah. i'm in a minority on that one too because i said something like that on on twitter and i got blasted by a bunch of raiders fans <laughs> and a bunch of other people that came out after me and then the raiders started Everyone's... talking about the wide receiver core that the 49ers have and they kept spelling it c-o-r-e and yes yeah. what come on man <laughs> if you're gonna come at me dude come at me with the proper spelling here it's um, it's funny. Everyone's a Twitter GM. I'm not an expert. I liked what most teams did, and I didn't like what a select few teams did. But um, enough about everybody else. Let's let's talk about our our team. Let's, let's talk about what the Niners did. The Niners had seven selections. Um, run through them real quick. Nick Bosa, Debo Samuel's, Jalen Hurd, uh, Dre Greenlaw, Caden Smith, Justin School, and then of course. Uh, Tim Harris, and then, of course, everyone's favorite, the punter from Utah. Um, the Niners, I, I'm i not going to grade them because we don't know what they're going to be. We don't know what's going to come out of this team. Um, but I thought they did fairly well with their selections. I'm not I, – I, I, I see what they're doing or why they did what they did. And um, the punter's name is Mitch Wishnowski. Um Pick four or round four at one ten. So let's start off with um, the number one pick or the number two pick in the first round, Nick Bosa. A lot has been discussed about Nick. I think we don't have to touch too much on him. I think he's an immediate impact player, opposite of D Ford or even uh, sharing the same side of the field as D Ford in some type of crazy stunt package that they can throw at def- uh, offensive linemen. Um, I think Nick comes in. Gives us, you know, that edge pressure that we needed. Gets, you know, a 10, 12-sack guy. And uh, this should be a home run pick as long as he stays healthy and the Niners utilize him correctly. Yep. I mean, it, it's, it's the wait is over. Four months yeah. four months down the road, we knew what it was going to be. Everybody tried to come up with trade schemes. We came up with trade schemes last week. We really mm-hmm. just tried to go through all sorts of hoops. But when it came down to it, the top three players off the board, Murray won, Bosa two, Quinn and Williams three. We, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. It's, yeah. This is pretty much how we knew it was gonna it was gonna go down the whole time. I know we had we had hopes and dreams of other things happening, but it's not. It's Bosa. He's gonna be an immediate impact player. I like I like his game. I like what he brings to the table. I like he plays with an edge, and I think that's awesome. And this defensive line is just completely revamped. Yeah, because I mean, you're talking D Ford on one side, Nick Bosa on the other. You got Buckner, and then if they can fucking figure out Solomon Thomas or or Eric Armstead or whoever else is going to play inside next to next to Buckner on passing downs, quarterbacks are going to have a hell of a time this year. Yeah, um, it's uh, it, you know, it, with with adding Nick, it does it does put some pressure on Solomon. It does. Put some pressure on Armstead, and then of course the guys behind Armstead and Thomas. I think I don't think the Niners are done making moves this offseason. I have a 
feeling that they're gonna they're gonna move somebody, and I think the name I think it's gonna be one of those two, Solomon or Armstead, mm-hmm. you know, in some type of trade because you can't keep everybody, and there is a logjam there, you know, at that three technique similar position, Contavious Street, Julian Taylor, then yeah, I think DJ Jones is safe because he's the only real nose tackle on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ronald Blair, he may be a guy that could be traded. Um, it, it, there's Sheldon Day, another guy could be cut or traded. It, you, you never know what's going to happen there. But I think the Niners have a, a good problem by yes. having this much talent on their defensive line. Um, so, Nick Bosa, welcome to the 49ers. Um, hopefully you stay healthy and, and, and play well. Um, I don't foresee any any reason to think the other otherwise. Um, but Nick Bosa at two was always going to be the pick. Sounds like the Niners didn't have many trade offers. And if they did, they weren't going to just risk it and not take their guy. So Yeah, I don't even think they listened to him. I mean, I think they yeah. might have, but they were kind of like, hey, this has got to be something that's just going to blow us out of the water and that we can't say no to. And I don't think any team was willing to do that for Bosa. So no. they were – I, I'm, you know, you saw the introductory press conference with, with Lynch and Shanahan, and they were both just beaming. They're so happy to get their guy. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, this is, those... this is somebody that everybody consensus had written down as the number one player as far back as September last year. And I think that's kind of why people started to get a little bit bored with it. Is yeah. Bosa's the number one guy. He's been the number one guy all year. And then all these oh, draft nicks were like, well, we're... <sighs> I can't, I can't write the same thing for nine months in a row, so let's put yeah. Queen, Queen Williams up top, whatever it is. The whole blow-up blow for Bosa thing was going on once Jimmy went down and they got their guy. Oh, 100%. Um, 100%. But moving on, <laughs> moving on, we knew Bosa was a foregone conclusion. So now we're into the second so, round. So, second round, Debo pick Samuel. 36. Oh, yeah. Debo Samuel, wide receiver, South Carolina, and what I kind of feel like is another foregone conclusion. Yeah, Debo was going to be the guy. I think that was the uh, worst-kept secret in the draft next to Nick. Um, Debo comes in as the Pierre Garçon replacement. Good run blocker, great separation, good route running. He fits with Kyle Shanahan mold as a wide receiver. Yeah, 5'11", uh, 214, um, but he separates. He can break away. He had... Um, 882 yards last year, 592 of those yards were after the catch. So the man separates and he can take it to the house. He will, He, I think I want to say his average yards per attempt or on slants was 31 yards per, per reception on slants. So 31 yards per reception on slant passes. So right there, you're, you're flipping field position with a guy that can get open like that. Um, granted, those numbers should go down in the NFL, but if he's, in the in close to that range, that's flipping field position rather quickly. Yeah, we'll get into it in the third round too when we talk about their third round selection. Um, <clears throat> but there's there's definitely a pattern that that Shanahan is putting together here, and it's get guys that can get open and are electric after the catch. Because mm-hmm. guess what, Jimmy Garoppolo is coming off an ACL. They don't want to have somebody like DK Metcalf who's going to have to run six seven second routes. Yeah, like they want guys that quick twitch, get open right away. Have Jimmy get rid of the ball without thinking. Get them in the ball. Get them the ball in space and let him let him do the thing. I love yeah. I love the pick. I know we've been we've been back and forth on it for for weeks now. Um, I've been high on Debo Samuel since the very beginning. Uh, ever since the Senior Bowl, and you start seeing him just torch guys in the one on ones. He's been my guy. I'm happy they got him. I originally thought he was a little bit of a of an overdraft, a little bit of a reach. Um, but then you saw how quickly some teams traded out 
right after the pick was in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that says a lot to me. that They saw they were going to take Debo two, three picks later. So Niners aren't going to trade back one pick. You know, they're gonna, if they're going to trade back in the second round, they're going to trade back six, seven picks, yeah. ten picks, whatever it is. So I think they, they were smart to stand pat, get their guy. And I'm very excited to see him and Pettis on the same field. Yeah, I'm 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 excited for the Pettis, um, Debo, and then and of course Georgie. Um, <laughs> I think the Niners have the Niners have improved dramatically with the first two picks. Um, you know, he's like like we said, he's been in selection since the Senior Bowl. Essentially, once once the Senior Bowl happened, um, you had you know people already like wait a second, that's a that's a Kyle Shanahan guy. Um, it does provide some more competition. I think Marquise Goodwin, Trent Taylor. Um, Jordan Matthews, Kendrick Bourne. I think those guys are they're looking they're gonna be looking at their jobs a little bit more a little bit differently going into the offseason or into mini camps and things like that. I think Debo's coming in as the starter next to Pettis and everyone else has to earn the other three, four, five, six spots uh, behind them. So um, four yeah. spots for basically eleven guy or excuse me, four spots for nine guys to make because currently there's eleven guys on the roster. So I think Pettis and Debo are sure are sure fits. And the rest of them got to compete for the rest. Yeah, um, you were talking about the logjam at um, at defensive line. I think we're looking at a, a new logjam at wide receiver, and yeah. um, that's a good problem to have. I still believe that Goodwin could be moved. Yep, I love Marquise Goodwin as a person. I do. I think he's mm-hmm. exactly the kind of guy you want in your locker room, and I think he's exactly the kind of guy you want on your football team and representing your organization. My issue with Marquise Goodwin is I don't believe he loves football. I think his first love is track, and when he talks about competing in 2020, even though that would be taking place during mini camp and during training camp and stuff, it says something to me that he's not completely in love with football and that maybe he would rather be doing track. Uh, my original thought was, you know, maybe trade him to to Kansas City because the Tyree Kill situation looks like he's going south real fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they go out and they draft uh, the kid Mecole the the burner and basically does the exact same thing Tyree Kill does. So maybe that trade's off the table. I don't know. It'll be difficult to do now because I think the time to move him was during the draft and you could have gotten a pick for him. Yeah, I mean Casey took Nicole Hardman. Um so that that kinda that kinda triggered the whole Tyree Kill maybe gone. Um but you know it in the and then, you know, pick three round I'm sorry, pick sixty seven in round three. Jalen Hurd, another wide receiver, um, offensive weapon. Kyle Shannon didn't want to put that title on him again or put that title out there in his press conference. But uh, 6'4", 226, Jalen gives the Niners a piece that can be in multiple positions, uh, tight end, wide receiver, even halfback. Um, From what I've seen, still needs a little bit of work at the wide receiver receiver position. He can separate. He's got big hands, run clean routes, um, fights after the catch. He's also a yak machine. Mm -hmm. Um, So I like what they did there. Um, the whole 11 personnel and 21 personnel groupings should be confusing for defenses. If you roll out Kittle, Hurd, Pettis, and Debo, then you're like, you know, you have you have a lot of options for Jimmy to to, uh, to attack. Um, I, I like what they did there in the first two in the first three rounds. Um, I wasn't expecting a receiver in round three. To no. be honest with you, I really thought they were going to go safety, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but it makes sense, and I understand why they did what they did there. Um, I like the herd pick. Um, I think he will be a piece that can just be 
utilized in multiple situations um, all over the field. Yeah, another guy, um, kind of a bit of a reach in the third round. Uh, but it only takes one other team to really like a guy for him to, to fly off the board, and then you miss out on him. Hurd's really interesting because Hurd started off as a running back at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And he's a six foot four running back. And not quite like Brandon Jacobs, who was six four, two sixty, but a six foot four running back. So he has the ball skills. Once he has the ball in his hand, he's yeah. a lot of fun to watch. And at six four, two twenty five, two twenty six, whatever it is, he's hard to tackle. And he takes super long strides. He may not be like a burner in the traditional sense, but when you just look him look at him run, he just eats up grass in front of him. He just eats up field with these long mm-hmm. strides. Uh, he he moves incredibly well for a guy his size. It, he'll he'll step in as kind of a big slot guy, I believe, to start. And uh, you know, in that Mike Thomas mold, obviously Mike Thomas is one of the best receivers in the league. But that that role where you got a guy that can can run routes, but also win over the middle. And when you look at his Baylor tape, a vast majority of the stuff is him going over the middle and taking hits yeah. and just being like, you know what, I don't care. I'm gonna go catch this ball. Um, they also ran jet sweeps to him. They handed him off the ball as a goal line running back. This guy's fun to watch, and mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see how Kyle Shanahan uses him. Like you said, he didn't want to use OW in the press conference um, just because he said that about Juice, and it just <laughs> sent things off the rails. So it was nice. It was nice to see him say no. But he also said that. Had he stayed at running back, he would have been drafted as a running back. Had he stayed at tight end, he would have been drafted as a tight end. Shanahan clearly has an idea of what he wants to do with Hurd, and I can't wait to see what it is. Because this offense, is, this is the most excited I've ever been for a 49ers <laughs> offense. Yeah, cause, in a cause, while. No, ever. Ever. <laughs> Just because in the 90s, it was expected. Jeff Garcia, T.O., that was fun. Then you kind of had the fall off. And we just had that stretch where the offense was just so bad for so many years. Then you got the Greg Roman offense, which is just uh, the the yeah. read option with Colin Kaepernick was fun, but quickly went away. Now, I mean, we're getting Jimmy Garoppolo back. He's got two brand new weapons on the outside. He's got a brand new tight end who we'll talk about here soon. Brand new running backs. This is going to be so much fun to watch. Kyle Shanahan, I wouldn't want a single 49er on my fantasy team. <laughs> for the sole reason that all these guys are going to have like four touchdowns this year, but it's going to be like nine guys that have four touchdowns. It's yeah. going to be so much fun to watch. So the only, I take it back. The only one I would have is Kittle. You got to have Kittle. Yeah, Kittle might be the monster. Yeah. But <laughs> everyone else, it's just, the ball's going to be spread so thin and I love it. And they're, they're drafting high character, high quality guys that, that don't have that ego. That aren't going to be like an Antonio Brown. Give me the ball. I need the ball. Why I was open. Why didn't I get the ball? I love yeah. it. I'm really this is the most excited I've ever been for a 49ers offense. I can't wait for the season to kick off. Yeah, so I you know, I the first three picks I thought were, were very good. Um I had given the, the team a really good grade at that point. Um round four, pick one ten, the Niners traded out of one oh four, acquired an additional uh additional two additional um six round picks from Cincinnati. They end up trading one of those six to Denver in, to acquire a fifth rounder, and Dakota Watson was sent off. But pick four, round four, pick one ten was Mitch Wisnowski, punter out of Utah. Um, I'm not upset with the pick. I I don't see any issue with the pick. I understand what they did there. 
a punter is is valuable to the defense, and a lot of defensive guys would appreciate a punter who can flip the field, especially if the Niners get into situations where they're in third and long and they are on the opposite side of the field and they need to flip the field for their defense. So I'm, I'm not opposed to this this pick as a lot of people. Uh, the value, it is what it is around four. This team is a lot deeper than what people want to believe. Um, granted, the record, but the record is indicative of not having their quarterback. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan's biggest mistake was playing C.J. Beathard as long as he did when Nick Mullins was there. I No one knew about Nick Mullins until it happened, but um, the team is deeper than a lot of people believe, and I th- it's going to be harder to make this team. So the last four picks behind Mitch, I think the, the first two uh, guys after Mitch make the team. The other two seem to be practice squad guys, but um, I know you have some thoughts on the punter. You got the floor, bro. I'm making a face. <laughs> I'm making a face. And uh, it's a fucking punter in the fourth round. Like, our guy, Drew Samia, was still on the board. Uh, yeah, of course. There, there's a lot of really good players who are still on the board. Look, hey, Mitch Wasnowski, Wisnowski, how you say his name, he's a good player. Do not misconstrue this. He's a good player. He's going to be a good punter. But the value is absolute dog shit. You don't draft a specialist in the fourth round. The last time one went this high was Brian Angerer, I believe, to the Jags, who then missed out on Russell Wilson. So, was he around three? Yeah, he was around three guy. This is the highest okay. somebody's been since I think it's like 2012 or whatever it was. So, I mean, my thing with, with the punter is who, I guess, who was available in round four? Again, yeah, we, my we, guy we, Drew Samia. Yeah, Samia was available, and then you have uh, safeties like Deontay Thompson Mm -hmm. was available. But we ended up finding out Deontay Thompson has the same degenerative knee disorder that Jay Ajayi has. So, you know, knowing how 49er fans are, oh, why do we take another injured guy with knee problems? That would have been another story. Um, Drew Samia, yes, that would have been a great pick. Um, But they're comfortable with what they have with Person and and Lakin. right there for now and the punter was a need in some in some respects they do have uh justin vogel on the team but i think they may have seen enough that they they're more comfortable with mitch and seeing what the the patriots did in round five to trade up to get jake bailey um and what they knew they knew that other teams were interested in mitch so getting your guy without having to um trade up to get him they traded that down to get him I think it's just ample value, and it makes sense from a from a team perspective. Again, this team is going to be hard to make. Um, on the defensive line, who who's coming in to replace who? On the offensive line, you may have a guy you might get, but he may not beat out Person or Lakin or Richburg. We know Joe Staley's the number one, and um, oh, McGlinchey is is there on the right. So there's that. The linebackers are set, Warner and um, Quan Alexander. The Sam linebacker spot they addressed in round five. Um, the corners, they're better than everyone thinks. It, 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 I get it. I understand the pick. Yeah, no, it's, it's fine. There's nothing I can do about it now. The, the pick's <laughs> been made. He's on the team. I wish him nothing but the best. Something I didn't really like, and I got – first off, I got roasted on Twitter for saying I hated the pick. And then people started coming at me. Oh, he can run fake punts. Oh, he can punt with both. Who gives a shit? Just punt the ball. That's your job. You're on the field for four plays a game. Just punt the ball. Second thing I didn't like, Reggie Cobb. 
draft scout for the 49ers, and he's someone that passed away just before the draft started. And in the press conference, John Lynch said something like, this is this uh, this punter is a guy that he'd been watching hard and he'd been scouting and he really liked. Yeah. I don't like that PR move. I don't like it. Why? Why come out and say, oh, we drafted this guy in the fourth round way earlier than anyone should have because a scout passed away and he really liked him. It It, it screams emotion to me. It screams just like it did with Solomon Thomas where Lynch took a class with him and Stanford and then all of a sudden we're drafting him. I, I I don't know. It's it's a weird PR move to me and I don't I don't get it and I don't like it. So there's a whole bunch of stuff I don't like about the pick, but the kid is good. I just think the difference between drafting a punter in the fourth and getting an undrafted free agent punter, I think the difference is like negligible. I don't think there's any any big difference between between one rookie punter and another. Because guess what? The ball gets bigger. So whatever they did in college, you don't know if they'll be able to replicate it. Yeah. So I mean, it, it it's um with the punter in round four. Uh, yeah, I, again, I, I don't see an issue because I, I see this team is a lot deeper than others. What's that? I see the team is a lot deeper than others. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know I'm with you on that. Uh, sorry, I was looking. I was looking up his the Wisniewski stats, and they're actually pretty good. Um, so, you know, I'm coming around on the pick, but I'm still not very happy about it. You're right. They are deeper. And I think the, the big thing is the pass rush is going to help the secondary a lot. So a lot of these guys, yeah. everybody's ready to move on from are going to look much better when D Ford and Nick Bosa are sacking the shit out of the quarterback. So, yeah, but I think, I think we've talked enough about the punter. <laughs> I think we can move on. Um, I'm okay. With round it. five, round five, pick one forty-eight. Drew Dre Greenlaw, I think is my favorite pick. Ooh, in okay. this draft. Okay. Um, I like linebackers. I like linebackers who can cover. Dre can do that. Dre was a linebacker who can tackle, doesn't miss many. Um, I thought he did a fairly well job, fairly good job at Arkansas. Um, and a cool story about him being he's just a good person. Um, it's on Twitter. I will put that on the uh, on the page, and uh, people can read that. Um, great in coverage. He can play Sam. He can play Will. I think this move pushes out. Malcolm Smith and Nazacha probably. Um, so you roll the season with uh, Warner, Quan Lee, and Dre Greenlaw, um, and then another another linebacker somewhere. Someone is undrafted. Yeah, I like Greenlaw a lot. Um, very athletic, very athletic guy. And he's somebody that at the at the combine at his pro day, teams asked, you know, would you be willing to move back to safety? Um, cause he, he was a safety early on in his, in his career at mm-hmm. Arkansas. And then he moved to linebacker. I think he's a very interesting piece. Um, if he develops into some sort of hybrid linebacker safety combo and they can kind of just throw him in on sub packages and just let him, you know, kind of do his thing, roam around, it'd be fun to watch. Uh, but his immediate impact is special teams and yep. he's going to be awesome on special teams. I'm really excited to watch him play as a is a kickoff coverage guy and a punt coverage guy. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be that guy making splash plays on special teams and I'm 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 here for it. I'm a big fan. Um and that story you're talking about the abridged version is is uh when he was a freshman in college, he was at a party, he saw some guy slip something into a girl's drink and he made sure that guy did not leave with her. And 
I really think that says a lot about him as a person. And I think that's the kind of high character guys Lynch and Shanahan are trying to bring in. Yeah. They took a shot on Ruben Foster. I think they learned their lesson. Now it's <laughs> now it's go high character guys. Yeah, so, definitely. You Greenlaw, go high Greenlaw fits guys. that bill. He fits that bill to a T. Yeah, you know, and you know, watching his watching him play, he's instinctive in the pass game, um, zone coverage and man versus tight ends. He does very well. Um, he had a two interception game against Texas A and M. He was in man coverage versus uh, Jay Sternberger, if I pronounced that correctly. Mm-hmm. Took the ball away from him, and then the second interception, he was just lurking in his zone coverage, and then kept his eye on the QB, and, and you know, took the ball away. The Niners are trying to find players to take the ball away. So Quan Alexander, Drew Greenlaw, or Dre Greenlaw, excuse me, I gotta stop saying Drew. Um, you know, D4 can take the ball away with forced fumbles. They're trying to get the ball out and force turnovers with guys. And I think uh, Greenlaw is one of those guys that can do that. And he only had four missed tackles last year. That's a big deal. The Niners are concerned about, or Niners fans are concerned about missed tackles. Dre only had four missed tackles last year. Um, so that that's also important um, when playing defense and special teams. So I, I think this is a good value pick. I, I really liked it. Um, and I had him slated in my, you know, own personal side box. I had him and and heard just based off some of the stuff I was reading um, on these guys that they they would be on this team come draft day. So I'm in on him, and he was also at the Senior Bowl on the uh, Raiders team. So I, I really like this pick. Yep, I do too. I'm with you. Um, I love watching him in zone coverage. It's a lot of fun to watch him. Just kind of keep his eye on the quarterback and. I don't know how he does it, like the chameleon kind of thing where he keeps one eye on the quarterback and then one eye on the receiver <laughs> that's moving around, but he's really good in space um, in zone coverage, and that's it's fun to watch, and I think that could be something that gets him on the field rather early on the defense is if he yeah. can if he can prove he can do that. Um, but I think we agree on that one. We both like it. Boom. Dre Greenlaw, welcome to the squad, bud. Let's move on. Yeah, uh, round six, pick 176, another tight end um, for this team, Caden Smith. Uh, from Stanford, 6'5", 255. Um, what I saw, the guy with a big catch radius can high point the ball. Sure hands, strong hands can take it away um, in contested catch situations. Um, needs to improve on his run blocking. Um, I think he's going to come in and compete for tight end two or tight end three positioning. You know, Selleck may still have something left in the tank and, you know, hold him off. Um, and then, of course, adding Jalen Hurd may, may, may give the Niners some flexibility with how they, you know, their roster is constructed with tight ends and so forth. Um, Caden Smith, I, I don't see, I don't have any issue with the pick. I think this was a solid pick, good value. Uh, most people had him as a day three guy, anyways, round six, round seven. So they, they were right on par with the value with Caden Smith. Yeah, Caden Smith to me is Selleck Jr. Like okay. they, they look very similar in the way they played. I mean, we watched Garrett Selleck a couple of years ago um, when Kaepernick was still the quarterback and and. We were, I think he was still on the, the Jim Harbaugh team. Um, I, I like the way Selleck moves in space and stuff. I think now he's just sort of slowed down, Selleck has. Um, and Caden Smith is like a a great a great guy to slide in and kind of take his spot. Um, I like Caden Smith. He's a local guy, Stanford guy, so you know he's smart. Yeah, like you said, big catch radius and really big, strong hands. And I think he could be a valuable red zone target. Yeah, and you know, even if, even if he does, you know, even if he doesn't um, develop right away through training camp, mini camps, could be a practice squad guy right away. Um, it could be brought up later on throughout the year. Um, hopefully, he doesn't get stolen or anything like that. But I, I think that's a guy they can probably sneak on the practice squad um, if Selleck, you know, still remains on the team with Kittle. 
Um, I, I don't have an issue here. I think, again, this goes back to the whole point of the Niners, de- Niners team is deeper than people think. Um, mm-hmm. It's a matter of getting your quarterback healthy. Um, the final two picks, uh, round six, pick 183, offensive tackle, Justin School. I think this is another uh, value pick here. Swing tackle, he did play left and right. He only allowed one sack last season, 473 pass blocking snaps, um, and that was to Josh Allen. That was his only sack that he allowed. Um, he does move well in run blocking. He's got strong hands at the point of attack. Pretty hard worker. You can see that on film. He's able to move defenders wherever he wants to. Um, if, you know, Staley goes down or McGlinchey goes down, you have the swing tackle there. I think he would make the roster. I think he's competition for Sean Coleman, who was inactive most of last season. So that's that's the competition to watch there for your swing tackle, Sean Coleman uh, versus Justin School. So I, I'm... I'm I, I also like this pick. I don't see any issues with this pick either. Yeah, no, they finally addressed the offensive line. It took them until their second to last pick to do it. Um, I know I've been the one harping about interior offensive line for a while. Um, but, yeah, you know, they let Gary Gilliam go. So, And even when he did play last year, he did not look good. So, really, there's not a whole lot. You know, there's not real big shoes to fill as a swing tackle. Just be good. Not even good. Just be average. Yeah. Be able to main, be able to hold your own and keep the quarterback upright is really all I care about from the swing tackle position. I don't need you to go out there and be, you know, all pro Joe Staley. I, <laughs> I just need you to, if you need to start in a pinch, like I just need you to be able to be good enough to let Jimmy get rid of the ball. And yeah, good I enough think, to keep the offensive movement. Is it school? Is that how you say it? I'm gonna say school. I, okay. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a uh, expert okay. on the English language, but I, I, I think that's how you pronounce it. School. Okay, I'm gonna go with that too until until someone on Twitter tells us we're absolutely wrong. Until uh, further notice. <laughs> until further notice, he is school. So because I, I didn't, I actually didn't hear that pick announced. Um, I was watching, but I was also fuming that it wasn't my man. And we'll talk about him here in a second. Uh, and then the final pick in the 2019 draft, pick 198, round six, uh, cornerback from Virginia, Tim Harris, uh, six year. He was a six-year corner at Virginia. He he had a two-year medical redshirt, so um, he's a little bit older, um, older prospect. He's he's a pretty intriguing prospect because he does run in that four-three-four-four range. He's six foot two, one ninety-eight, two hundred five. He fluctuated. Um, he played opposite of Bryce Hall at Virginia, so uh, he did. He definitely got enough. He got plenty of targets his way. Uh, played fairly well. Um, he did earn the 11th best coverage grade from PFF last year at 87.1, so there might be something there to work with. I also view him as a practice squad guy, someone that can they may be able to sneak on the practice squad uh, come cut days and things like that. Um, I don't think this is a throwaway pick like um, like some people may suggest. I think this guy may be someone that they can mold, develop into the corner that they want. Um, and again, it goes back to the whole thing. you got to be able to beat out. Sherman, Verrett, Spoon, Tavares Moore, you know, these guys, they, they have guys in place that, they, that they're comfortable with. So this is a player that should make the practice squad um, and hopefully not stolen away. So I, I, I have no issue with the overall draft of the 49ers because I am one of those people who feel that the roster is better than people believe. Yeah, no, so Tim Harris, um, he's, a, he's a good player. There's just three things that scare the shit out of me, or two things that scare the shit out of me, and one thing I don't like. Number one, he will always be not Jimmy Moreland to me. Um, 
because he's a six-round corner. Jimmy was on the board. I really thought that's where they were going to go. Uh, so I'm kind of upset. He went to the Redskins. I will be buying a Redskins jersey. Wife's a Redskins fan, so I can suck it up and do that. Congratulations to Jimmy for getting drafted. That's that's the last time you're going to hear me talk about him on this podcast, I promise. Until <laughs> until we play the Redskins, and if he does something or we're leading up to it and he's really good, it's the last time you're going to hear me talk about Jimmy Moreland. Until he picks off Jimmy Garoppolo. Don't you put that evil on me. <laughs> <laughs> no, the other two things that scare me about uh, Tim Harris, uh, the, the injury history mm-hmm. and the durability does scare me. And then Kyle Krabs of the Draft Network, his pro comparison. Did you see who it was? No, I haven't checked. It is 49ers legend Dante Johnson. And that Ooh, Dante. scares the hell out of me because Dante Johnson was so hit or miss the entire time listen, he was wearing red and gold. Listen, listen, listen. Dante Johnson was a pick six machine. His only two interceptions were pick sixes. Okay. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of them was against Bortles, and I could pick six Bortles, so. Yeah. Well, thanks to Eric Reed for blowing up that play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I see, you know, reading the, the emotional Twitter through the draft process, it's, it's funny. You know, it's not everyone's going to get what you want, and not every player is going to be better than what's on the roster. And that's how a lot of these teams go into the draft. You have to look at your roster. And say, hey, is this guy better than what we have? So with Nick Bosa, yes, he's better than what we have. With Debo Samuels, is he going to be a starter? Yes, he's going to be a starter. Um, with Jalen Hurd, is he going to be a starter? Maybe. But he also can start in multiple positions. So you have the flexibility there with him. With Wisnowski, if I've pronounced that correctly, the Niners needed a punter. It just that's that was they thought that was value. Uh, with Greenlaw, is he better than Nazacha? Maybe. Is he better than would Malcolm he, Smith? Yes. Yeah, is he better than Malcolm Smith? Or in the well, with Green with Greenlaw, is he cheaper than Malcolm Smith? Ooh. Yes. Huh. Hell so yeah. there's so there's a value there with with Greenlaw. So you go that way. Um, Caden Smith, the same thing. Is he cheaper than Selleck? Is he better than Selleck? That could be debated. Mm-hmm. But you have competition in that room now. Steel, uh, Sherpins, Steel. Yeah, and then you have Justin School. If we pronounce your name wrong, I'm sorry, bro. Um, <laughs> swing tackle. He's Is he better than Sean Coleman? We don't know. We haven't seen Sean Coleman play. But obviously there's a concern there with the offensive tackle position yep. that they addressed it. So there's that. And then with Tim Harris, that is just a value pick. You know, add to the depth. Maybe be a piece that can be molded in. Um, molded further down the road and then of course they bring in 11 undrafted free agents so that puts the 49ers at 97 players so the Niners have to have 90 that means seven players are getting cut from this team or traded or traded so there's going to be some movement here and you're gonna you may be able to see why the Niners did what they did in this draft obviously these draft picks aren't getting cut um but we if you go through the roster you can see who may be cut you know a guy like Maybin, guy like um, uh, what's the other linebacker that they brought in last year, um, late in the year from Notre Dame, he may be cut. So that you start you start going at the bottom, you know, the bottom ten of the roster, and you start cutting those guys down. So I I have no issue with what the 49ers did this weekend. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, I know you said you're not going to grade it, but I am. <laughs> so I'm going to give it a solid B. Um, it's I mean, fair. I mean, home run 
first round home run, second round, I think an incomplete on the, on the third round because we don't really know what Jalen Hurd is. Yeah. But he's untapped raw potential, and he's he's just another fun toy for Shanahan to play with. Um, not great value on the punter, but you didn't have one on the roster, so he is a starter, begrudgingly. Uh, okay. Um, and then after that, I think you got guys that are going to compete the whole way through. So I give it a B. Yeah. Um, I'm happy with it. It's just they addressed need positions. And they went at it hard. And that's what I like to see. And speaking of the undrafted free agents, out of all of them, my favorite goes to Iowa guard Ross Reynolds. Um, Brandon Thorne of the, oh, what's the name of the podcast? His offensive line podcast. I can't think of the name on top of my head, and I feel really bad because it's a really good podcast. Um, <laughs> but he, he did a breakdown of Reynolds last night. And he called him Ryan Reynolds, which I found amusing because then everybody just posted Deadpool gifts. In the replies. Um, so his name is Ross, Ross Reynolds. He's a mauler. He's a, he's a, he's a body mover, and he, he, gets, he gets after it in the run-blocking game. Um, and you know those Iowa boys. You know how yeah. much they love to hit. So I'm extremely excited they brought him on. And I think he will be the UDFA that makes an impact on this team. Yeah, and, you know, that's fair. The Niners, Niners use, you know, 20% of – the NFL players last year, or 20% of the NFL players, period, you know, over the last maybe five, six years, have come from the undrafted free agency pool. So, mm-hmm. so these undrafted free agents, you know, round eight, round nine, whatever you want to call them, um, they can make an impact. We have one that made an impact last year, Matt Breida, you know. Yep, Kendrick, Kendrick Bourne. Yep. Those guys make impacts. Um, I'm going to go with my favorite undrafted free agent because of the history the Niners have with Georgia Southern running backs. They... Got another one, Wesley Fields, Georgia Southern running back. I haven't watched him at all just yet. Uh, it's been a busy couple days uh, with the kids and stuff. Um, but I'm going to keep my eye on him because th- there might be something that Kyle Shanahan has tapped into with Georgia Southern. It's like, wait a second, what's going on down there with these running backs? So Wesley Fields, uh, the Niners have plenty of running backs. Everyone was freaking about, oh, we have too many running backs. I told you a couple podcast episodes ago, they're going to bring one in as an undrafted free agent, and that's exactly what they did. Um, so 11 free undrafted free agents signed. I do like Ross Reynolds. Uh, I did watch a lot of Iowa football. The kid, can he's a mauler. He can, he can move defensive players, get to the second level in the run game. Um, Iowa has a pro-style offense, so I, I do like that pick as well there. So um, I think... You know, I'm going to give him a grade. I'm going to go with you on that. It, it is a B, B plus, um, because I, I still think the Niners should have addressed the safety position. Um, that is my only gripe with this entire offseason, is we did not improve on safety, primarily free safety. Um, maybe there's a trade in the works. I don't know what the Niners are doing on that side. There was some reports of, Jones from Miami being available. He's a safety down there. He is he's on a higher contract. Maybe that's something that the Niners can work out, swap a player or a pick or something there. Um, but I do think the Niners are betting on Jimmy Ward and Colbert, but I think they're betting on Colbert more than Ward yep, uh, to I agree. take over that position. So um, I think it was, uh, it was David Lombardi from, uh, from The Athletic. Yeah. Um, he was saying that that he believes that Ward was brought in as a backup, 
and it's Colbert's job to, to lose. lose. I mean, there will be a competition. But I actually, I'm giving Colbert another chance. I am. Um, he deserves it. I, he played so well when Jimmy was when Jimmy was humming. He was he was playing so well, and I think he's a guy that really feeds off big energy. Mm-hmm. And he is just such a cool, down to earth guy that I refuse to not give him another chance. Um, yeah, I really like Adrian Colbert a lot, and I'm a big fan of his. And and you know, I think it was was it me and you were texting yesterday saying he needs to get the Punisher moniker back. Yeah, he, he and, has to. And and I would like to see it. I think he can come back and be that player we thought he was. He's got new coaching. He's got new pass rush ahead of him. He's got another off season. Let's get it. I'm I'm yeah. I'm okay with Colbert moving forward, and so are everyone else in the 49ers front office apparently. So yeah, I, I'm so, I'm very excited to give him another chance. Yeah, the um, the Niners had 15 turnovers last in 2017, and most of them came after Jimmy Garoppolo came. So this this is where I'm a big I'm a big believer in football is complimentary. If your offense is on the field long-term, the defense stays fresh. If your defense can't get off the field, your offense is going to struggle, and if special teams can't flip the field, everything else struggles. Um, in small, you know, small Twitter discussion with Kevin Molina, shout-out to Kevin, he, he brought that up, and then I added to it about the fact that Jimmy kept drives going on third down, so the defense was fresh. You know, alone mm-hmm. in that Jaguars game, the Niners had three turnovers. Two, They had the pick six, they had... An interception by um, K1 Williams, mm-hmm. and I believe there's another. Kello had an interception. So those things happen. Your defense is fresh. They get after the quarterback. The pressure was getting home on Bortles, um, even without a D Ford and a um, Nick Bosa. That matters. So, you know, I, I I'm I'm all in on the secondary. I do. I'm a believer in a Kello Witherspoon. John Lynch had a really good point. Two years away from the Achilles tear. Um, you're going to see a different Sherman. We saw that with Michael Crabtree. Crabtree, after his Achilles, he struggled in his final year with the 49ers, but then he balled out in Oakland. Mm-hmm. It you have the you know the Achilles is hard to come back from, um, and I, I I foresee the Niners being a team to be reckoned with on defense. They're going to be a solid defense. Now it's just a matter of Jimmy being healthy and understanding the offense and getting these weapons going. And I have high expectations for Pettis and George Kittle this season coming up. So. That's where I'm at on this team. And, again, it's going to be hard for anyone who got drafted to make this team except for the first three. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. The camp competition this year is going, to be, is going to be fantastic. It's going to be, I think, some of the best we've had since because these now we're starting to trim the roster. These are pretty yeah. much all Shanahan and, and, and John Lynch guys. Yep. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is their year. This is where these, these things have to start to pan out. So I, um, I'm, I'm very excited to get it going. I always view this as a three to four year rebuild, to be completely honest. You know, um, without once Kaepernick left, you know, then you had Carlos Hyde, he stayed, but then you, you're revamping the entire offensive line. Kilgore is gone. Whoever we had, we had no names at guard, they're gone. You know, defense is getting better. The secondary completely revamped, um, except for Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward and Tart are the only guys that have remained. Linebackers are completely changed out. It, the team is. Rebuilt from 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 the studs, so you know this is a year to make a jump, get in that eight win nine nine win uh, standings. Um, you know I can I this team should be this team has to start fast. The schedule is set up for them to start fast. 
Yes. And down the stretch, they have their tougher games. Start fast, go into December with a winning record, and you can make a push for the playoffs. And that's exactly how I see this team going into uh, December, being a you know six, seven win team. And if they can get three, two to three wins there, then you're in playoff discussion. As long as we're in the discussion, I will be satisfied with what's going on with this team. And then of course you go, you have the luxury to go make a luxury pick or trade for a luxury piece. They have the ability to do that. So that's where I'm at with the Niners. And um, I'm I'm a very patient person, and my patience is is still there. So I'm. I'm all in. What about what else am I gonna do? Buy new gear. I'm a Niner fan for life. So, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think looking at the schedule right now, and I know we haven't really done a schedule breakdown. I think next yeah. Week no, we we'll get to it. That. We should do that now that the draft is coming and we have a better idea of what the teams are going to start to look like. Um, yeah. As it stands right now, I think three and zero is a definite way to start. I mean, they could. Uh, yeah, it's at possible. Tampa Bay, at Cincinnati, then home against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's not the same team. Tampa Bay. Uh, we don't really know what they're going to have with with Arians, um, who had a fantastic quote, and they asked what he can make uh, what can make James Winston better, and he said to stop throwing the ball to the other team. <laughs> so, I mean, just Bruce, Arian, Bruce Arians is a national treasure and needs to be protected at all costs. Um, but they, I think the Bengals are, I think the Bengals stink. So I think you got to go in, you got to win those first three games, especially. The, I mean, the schedule, whew, that schedule down the stretch is rough. Yeah, you so, know, but like, starting- we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll we'll get into it, but you know they got to start fast, and they have they have the ability to do it. You know whether that be three and two or um, in the first five or four and one, I think they can do that. And then you you know you got you got a stretch here with the Redskins, the Panthers, the Cardinals. You know those those aren't super tough games. Then of course Seattle, and then the, that that really tough stretch of the Packers. I don't really care for the Ravens. I don't think they're gonna be good. Saints, Falcons, Rams again, Seahawks to finish the season. That's that's a tough stretch there, um, but we'll we'll get into that on in another episode. But I I'm, I'm I feel good about what the Niners did this weekend. I think they got better. Um, it's 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 uh, it's looking up for the 49ers, and health is the big one. As long as they're healthy, this team is going to be competitive. And they were competitive yep. when they weren't healthy, but they will be even more competitive when healthy. Yep, I'm I'm. The thing that drives me nuts about the draft is now I'm all amped up. Now my adrenaline's rushing, and then, boom, nothing for like another four months. So, well, we got baseball, know. we got baseball so. and stuff. But when it comes to football stuff, like I'm all amped up and I'm ready to go, and and you know my my fingers, are, my hands are shaking, and I'm just ready. And then <laughs> nope, it's like maybe some voluntary workouts coming up soon, and then yeah. training camp in July. Well, so rookie mini camp's coming up. Rookie mini camp will be uh, coming up soon, and then. Then you have your other uh, mini camps, and then OTAs, and then training camp will be here in August before you know it. So, um, yeah. But <laughs> that should cover it. Everyone enjoy uh, Game of Thrones tonight. If you're listening on on Sunday night when I put this out, or uh, Monday morning, you, we will know who has died or who didn't die. And then yes. Matt, hopefully you're not a full ball of emotion when I text you after your Avengers movie. Um, so actually. You will be a football emotion. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, I, I'm going completely dark <laughs> once I go to the Avengers movie because I'm also it's gonna prevent me from getting back before 9 p.m. So yeah. I'm gonna be behind the start of Game of Thrones. Oh, goodness. so I'm just going dark. Um, I think I might just turn my phone off and and put it in my pocket. And then once <laughs> I'm done with Game of Thrones, I will text you. I will be a wreck. I'll be a mess. Yeah. I will be a giant puddle. And I'm happy <laughs> I picked up a six pack of beer last night because I'm gonna need it. 
Good deal. So, well, that should cover it for today. We yes, do sir. appreciate everyone listening, uh, liking, sharing the episodes. We had a very, uh, we had a pretty, pretty big surge in the most recent episode. We want to thank everybody for listening. Um, again, follow us on Twitter at Matt Bar underscore. Uh, you yep. can follow myself at 49 or 49, or you can just follow the podcast at Fourth and Gold Podcast. Uh, we are always willing to engage. I have two kids, so I'm not always on my phone, but Matt does the the uh, heavy lifting on that side for us. Yeah, um, no kids. So if you want to if you want to <laughs> yuck it up and yell at me and how you think the punter is the best pick we've ever made, come at me, bro. Come at him. Um, but again, <laughs> we do thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, to go over some scheduled things and uh, some other 49er news. But until then, Matt, thanks again, bro. Absolutely. Love doing this, Javi. All right. Peace.